Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Student Ministry Director Josh Schweitzer and Pastor John as they kicked off the series on Proverbs called Wisdom That Works. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. We are uh, back in the armchair after a couple week couple week break. Hey, Zach, mm-hmm. why we take why do we take a couple week breaks? Uh, because bet? the because the producer of the podcast wasn't here. <laughs> That's me. Uh, yeah, I was out. I was in uh, I was in Alaska, uh, Seattle, nice. and then Alaska for um, three days in Seattle, and then we did a seven day cruise um, out to Alaska to the southwestern corner, southeastern corner. Southwest would be almost uh, uh, Russia. Russia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> south, south, the south. We went the, to Russia. Yeah, the south, the southeastern corner, uh, Sitka, and and um, uh, just outside of Huna, and which is Icy Strait Point, and then uh, Juneau, and then Victoria, Canada, for four hours, because you have to go to Canada. Um, that's I guess a law or something. Uh, but yeah, so glad to be back. John's going to go on that trip soon uh, we are next yeah. month yeah. end of next month into yeah. september yeah so that'll be well, fun I feel left out though. yeah sorry you want to yeah. go with us yeah we asked if you could come and they said no um, <laughs> shot me down. canadian rules no canadian zach, rules no josh josh weitzer no, no <laughs> that's hey, zach ruined it for the that's right. but we are we are uh we are kicking off a new a new series this week yeah. you guys kicked us off in the book of proverbs um which has 31 chapters we we said at the at the end of the last podcast john uh putting out the call that in the month of July, we're encouraging everybody to read a chapter a day mm-hmm. uh, throughout the month in 31 chapters, 31 days in the month of July. Uh, you mentioned that again in your message mm-hmm. this past week. Um, so I just wanted to talk – Proverbs is a very different book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different and, – and, John, you mentioned this in your message – it's different than other wisdom literature, too, yeah. in the Bible. Yes, yeah, more short form. But it, uh, but I think the book of Proverbs is, is, is the kind of – Wisdom literature that most pe- more people are familiar with, it, you know, because there are other religions and there are other cultures that have proverbial type books, right? So you have like the statements of Confucius and all these other things, and and you know they're very. Um, I think you use the word John uh, pithy, pithy kind of one and two line mm-hmm. uh, statements. But what has been y'all's uh, experience with the Book of Proverbs, just personally, devotionally, and then in ministry? Have, have you know how you have used it in the past? Um, you know what, what's been your experience with the Book of Proverbs? Josh, uh, our student ministry director, is here, so uh, he kicked us I off guess. in Vine. So why don't you kick us off here today? Uh, what's been your experience with the Book uh, of Proverbs in in your personal life and in, in your ministry uh, work, Proverbs. I mean, on a on a kind of going back historically to young Josh, um, I, I, this is going to make me sound so terrible. I found annoying a little bit, primarily because I felt like, well, these are kind of there was some obviousness to it, but what I didn't know growing up was Proverbs is really kind of a snapshot of all the wisdom of God throughout the history of the Bible really is um, you're kind of getting a condensed version of things God has desired and wanted and um, 
I don't. Uh, you'd used the word pithy earlier. I don't like throw throw away like I don't know churchy kind of. Hey, just pray about it or let go and let God. That kind yeah. of stuff seems to agitate me. But I, I guess I didn't uh, growing up didn't understand the point of Proverbs. Now, as an adult, um, I, I think it was a podcast or might have been um, an article I was reading was talking about how Proverbs. In America, we tend to approach things from a law perspective, and so a lot of people see Proverbs as rights, just rights and wrongs. Like, yeah. here mm-hmm. are do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. and so they approach it with the mindset of, like, here's almost the law of God, in a sense. Or the, um, But the article in particular I was reading was saying the, the point of Proverbs, or really any kind of wisdom literature, biblically speaking is to help build a godly discernment and you know because there's this there's this weird um sometimes in scriptures it's like don't lie but then on other points of scripture it's like well be as wise as a you know like there there are these points of the lord sends a a deceiving spirit right yeah (laughs) in a broken world there's this idea that wisdom transcends just do's and don'ts it's trying to give you the mind to navigate a very complex and often gray world and i you know i sometimes think the american mind has a hard time approaching proverbs from yeah. from that perspective yeah because it's it, we do and i, I think the, i think that that plays into kind of the the some of the overarching issues that we have with scripture in general right because you have these very law statements in the bible you can't get around them yeah. but then you have narratives that seem to Kind of, kind of over, you know, kind of overrule that situationally, right? Yeah. Because it, it, I mean, you you talked about the lying thing, for example, which is I think great. But then you've got you've got in redemptive history, God using the you know the Hebrew women, for example, in the opening chapters of the book of Exodus, mm-hmm. lying to Pharaoh in order for the Hebrew babies to be <laughs> born, survive, right? Yeah. And God's and why is that? Well, because you know God's one because God's good is always the the good, yeah. and he's also thinking about the redemptive uh, arc of his people um, that's the greatest the, the greatest good is the glory that he receives from his the redemptive people but the book of Proverbs presents it so much so as like black and white statements yeah right and what about you John How, how's your 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 experience with the book of Proverbs um, even even rereading it to, in preparation for for this series it's been um, it reminds me of um, the the writer Dallas Willard uh, in his book, *The Divine Conspiracy*, he was he 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 was criticizing um, these pithy statements yeah. that could fit on a bumper sticker. He called it bumper bumper sticker theology. Yeah. And the the so I, that was coming to my mind. And what comes to my mind when I think about the the, the proverbial wisdom of these pithy statements throughout the the uh, the chapters of Proverbs is that there's nothing wrong with the proverbial wisdom. There's nothing wrong with these pithy statements. There's nothing wrong with these summation statements, but they're just the if you take them like you would take a bumper sticker driving reading a bumper sticker driving by you, you've missed the full weight of of, yeah. of them because there's there's there is narrative behind them. There's 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 arc of of, of intent and arc mm-hmm. of, of meaning that is, is built into the the overall scriptures that can any one of these scriptures can have the full weight of scriptures read ahead of time and then summarized with one of these mm-hmm. statements yeah. here mm-hmm. and if you can get to that sort of 
uh, level of, of, of understanding what's behind that one that one's any one of these statements, then it's a whole different animal. Otherwise, yeah. it is just going to be a random collection of, of, of sayings that are going to be hard to to. I mean, it's just like it's just like the the data dump that's out in the world right now. You have so many facts that come at yeah. you. It's just hard to process them and put them Context. into some usable yeah. uh, framework for our lives. Well, and I and and I think this is what differentiates the Book of Proverbs. Um, as wisdom literature from a religion standpoint versus wisdom literature in in other traditions because you take like the the sayings of confucius right he 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 was a teacher in in the east but there's no there's no redemptive arc from an entire people that's behind that. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas proverbs, it is the it is the it is wisdom statements, but that are that that are seated in a people that have a history with God's activity. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like there's a we we have to understand there still is context to the book of proverbs. Where where there isn't as much in some of the other more pithy traditions, like bumper sticker, like sure, religiosity. Yeah. You know, like someone puts it on the bumper sticker, you don't know the context of the person that put that on there, right? They're trying to communicate something about themselves or what they believe, but until you understand the context of that person, and in the book of Proverbs, we have the context of the person of God because he's demonstrated his activity in his people for, you know, thousands of years up to that point and then thousands of years following that point up into our own time it's a it's a lived in reality proverbs is framed in a way that that it's actually happened whereas a lot of philosophy Mm -hmm. in in wisdom literature out there is a good idea but does it theoretical yeah yeah, but does it match and does it stick around and that was kind of part partly my argument on sunday was um does wisdom match reality or does it crumble or, or crash against it? And, and I will say this as a guy growing up in the South, uh, why I was probably rolling my eyes at Proverbs was I was raised in and around the principles of Proverbs yeah. in a Christian family. And so what was obvious to me was only because I was framed in a country that to some extent has a lot of. Uh, Christian, um, I, I don't know if values would be the word, influence, but, but yeah, influence yeah. in it. And yeah. so, what is obvious to me might not be so obvious to say the other half of the world that yeah. wasn't framed by that. Yeah. And so, th- there's there's that to kind of understand that. Yeah, our country has been impacted. Yeah, um, I think it's Jordan Peterson who talks about that all the time, which is. Mm sometimes our very arguments against the Bible are coming from a perspective yeah, of yeah, equality yeah. that comes from the Bible, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You're arguing from the more, there's, there, there, there are presuppositional uh, mindsets that people don't realize come from at least a cultural Christianity in that background. And, 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 and I think, you know, one of the challenges that we face when we read the book of Proverbs too, is <clears throat> there, there are, we just talked about the context of redemptive history, but in Proverbs, unlike say the Book of Psalms, which is you know poetry and wisdom you know kind of mixed together, and and even in in some some of the other wisdom literature, there's there's not a whole lot of explicit mention of God, like like yeah you know it, it, it's it's you know uh, the the concentration of the Lord's name is not very high in the Book of Proverbs, and there's there's no reference to 
the redemptive acts of Exodus or the conquest or the kingship or any of that. There's an assumption by the the editors, the people that brought the Proverbs book together, that you already know those things, <laughs> that you already have that in your background. Yeah. There's an assumption that that's already there. And, and, and that's fascinating. That's always fascinating to me when I read the book of Proverbs. And I have to check myself to not look at it solely as philosophical moral truth which it is mm-hmm. but it's not only that you, you you see what i'm saying there yeah i mean I, I i was aware even as i was preparing and 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 delivering it that that you really you didn't get uh, there wasn't the gospel yeah in sure. in the in the in the message it was really about in this case it was just about making decisions mm-hmm. you know how how do you how do you make godly decisions well i mean where is the redemptive language yeah. in, in in sections like we were in on on Sunday, or in many of the sections that we you find in in, uh, in Proverbs? Yeah, yeah, it, it's there. It's there in places. But you have but to know. Not, you have to have that background and and bring that out. And that's why I think series like this and Bible studies that that dive into the Book of Proverbs or that bring the Book of Proverbs into play are important for the the, the discipleship of people because they they understand this is not a standalone. Book. None of yeah. them are. I mean, none of them are. I mean, Ecclesiastes isn't. I mean, you mentioned Ecclesiastes in your message. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned Job, which, which is a whole another another uh, board because there's a lot of there's a lot of narrative in in Job, but then there's a lot of wisdom that's not wisdom. Yeah. Which you know you could unpack. Which is a different type of wisdom. Which is a different type of wisdom. Conventional. Yeah. Wisdom. Which is what you know, and I wanted. That's where I want to jump into, Josh. You kicked off your sermon talking about. The, the the various sources of quote unquote and using the air quote thing wisdom that we bring to the table. You talked about conventional wisdom. So, what was your mindset there, and, and how you brought that? Well, that brought say, that apparently, to bear? apparently, Josh had a problem with four foot tall basketball players. I, 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 did, I did catch. Well, that I don't have a problem with them. I just, yeah. They're not going to get you very can, far. You can do anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say uh, that I, you know that's one of my amen state sort of moments because I I've, I've preached very similar things to that because I, it has always driven me crazy. Um, the 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 uh, the hyper humanist you can you know I mean yeah. I, you could have you could have inserted a ton of different statements yeah. if right. you can if you can believe it you can achieve it that kind of garbage. Oh, yeah. I, well, 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 I the, actually the cut enti- quite a few. The I'm like, entire Dude, Walt, this Disney, be the, Walt Disney universe. The could whole, be, I mean, yeah. which I love those movies, but there is a lot of bad <laughs> theology in well, there. And unfortunately, we've seen some generations in a way set up for failure because that wisdom wasn't real wisdom it didn't match a reality and so I, I think my heart and and again you get 20 minutes to put together what you're going to put together but but behind the scenes what i what i was running through my mind was and don't mishear me when i say this but if god is real and i truly believe he's 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 real and if he has is the creator and if he's made a world and a cosmos that we exist in and therefore there are rules and ways things that that work and anything outside of those would be dysfunctional if not you know and because we have a good god everything is moral because he's moral and so in agreeance with him is a good thing and disagreeance with the therefore be if if that is true if we're framed in this world then it means his wisdom is not just it's not just a better way it is actually the way yes yeah, the only does way. that make sense no like, no absolutely so i know that that we can roll our eyes at that too but it's but it's like no no no. it's not just that it's good or bad it's that good 
is the way. Yeah. That is actually the proper functioning way of doing things. Yeah. And if that's actually true, we should see that in reality. Yeah. We should see dysfunction when we move away from the way, and we should see flourishing to some extent in the way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I was trying to tap into... But it's flourishing, and I think one of the things that you, I think, were bringing up in that, especially with the... I mean, was you know the, the basketball player reference, too, is that it's not flourishing... Again, it's a flourishing based on the definition of God's flourishing, you know, God's definition of flourishing, not our definition, because that's where it's a slippery slope if you don't make that differentiation like you did into prosperity gospel, right? right? Which is... You know, which is just which is just secular humanism with 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 you know proof texting scripture. You know, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, kind of approaching the idea that God is a, a pinata you're hitting for candy, um, which is a lot how a lot of people I think feel that he is. Yeah. If, if I play the game right, you'll give me the things I want. Yeah, um, no, that, but I, yeah, I just. Uh, recently, I've heard a lot of people kind of arguing blind faith, and I'm not, yeah, a, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of that. And so, there is a lot of good. God has given us minds to use and logic to use. And yes, that is flawed often, but to critically think through some of these things. And so, I believe wisdom fits into this discernment that mm-hmm. does take the supernatural, does take the Holy Spirit to help you make these judgment calls. Yeah, but also we do have a brain, so it is rooted in a, in a world around us. Um, that that does actually reflect the truth that God has put into the to the universe. Yeah. When I and I and I the, the this is, again you know I this is like beating a dead horse every week. I, this is why we have two different messages, preaching the same passage, um, and and there there was a lot of carryover and and dovetailing in between Josh your message and John your message, but you approached it a different from different. Standpoints, you know, Josh, you had a, a, a philosophical kind of mindset going into it, and yours, Josh, uh, John, was had a there was a practical good bad decision making thing. Mm-hmm. Like we want to make good decisions. Godly wisdom will lead you to godly decisions, mm-hmm. and I loved how you kind of. Uh, presented this idea of we always talk about we want to know what God's will is and sometimes he shows up in the you know the fireworks and the spectacular ways but ordinary and I love how you put the ordinarily in there because I love that word because it's right out of Westminster right um, ordinarily God just trains us in it right so where was your mindset was going a, into the, the, rather, the passage a, somewhat of a breakthrough mm-hmm. moment for me when I was uh, I don't remember when this was 10 years ago 15 years ago or so when I was uh when I was, I don't know, I think I read a book on, on discerning the will of God, and I was like, discerning the will of God, that can't be hard. You just wait for the big magic sign in the, <laughs> in yeah. the sky. You just wait for this big moment to say, you know, at one time I had said things like, you know, if you're trying to decide if this is the path for you, and you get what is the equivalent of a, if you just picture a long road with a bunch of stoplights, you just get green light after green light after green light after green light, you can trust that that's the will of God. Yeah. I'm thinking now. Think about it. I think of no, you really can't. <laughs> yeah, that might that might be it. But you better you better have some other things in place here because what the breakthrough moment for me was. And this is this is what really uh, it's almost behind the entire. Uh, Any time I come to Proverbs and certainly in a, in a message like this is that God gives us the 
the capacity in our hearts. You were saying it a minute ago, uh, Josh, that he gives us the capacity in, in, our, in ourselves to be shaped, to have our lives shaped and our minds shaped through the disciplines of our faith so that the outcome of all this learning uh, is that you are thinking biblically. You are thinking through the lens of these truths that have been revealed through these narratives, through these stories, and you, and you, you can trust that. Mm-hmm. You can trust that as you've seen it in Scripture, if you've if you confirmed it with your own sort of diligence like um, like Joshua sending the spies into Jericho mm-hmm. and you can trust it with the as you hear it through, you know, hear it uh, sharpened and clarified through the counsel of, of mm-hmm. people around you that to me is a whole lot more satisfying to what how, how God would work in this world than getting some giant you know momentary sign well, and, and now, I now, think, not to yeah. say I'm going to deny that if a, if a hand shows up and starts writing something on the wall, yeah. I'm yeah. paying attention. Okay, gonna, paying attention. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, attention. But the as you said, as I said, the as Westminster says, the ordinary way of God is to have people who are trained in in, in, in yeah. righteousness, trained in, in, in discernment, just trained in wisdom. Yeah. Well, and I I think um, you know one of the things that you you both did you said it a little bit differently, but you know uh, Josh used the term you know we wrestle with it. You know we wrestle with the scripture, we wrestle with God's word. It's there, and we read it uh, not informationally but transformationally, which kind of brought like in your, the idea of the 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 knowledge versus wisdom thing. Which I, I mean, Presbyterians are notoriously bad at at at. Uh, at confusing informational versus transformational, transformational. and uh, but you didn't you didn't mention that Presbyterians are notoriously bad at it. But um, <laughs> I think it was but understood. I, but in my in my no. head, that's what I was thinking. I think that's we we and other denominations are you know they confuse emotionalism with transformation. But yeah, and yeah. and you can find your. But I think uh, and then John, you were talking about the desire worth with the seeking. So there was there, that concept of of there is. The thing that that I appreciate about the this 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 uh, series and and also appreciate about how how you guys presented this opening week is that God in His infinite providential sovereign will and wisdom gives us some uh, a ability to drive our own wisdom training, right? He gives us the tools and and there are times, John, to your point, where he overwhelms that in supernatural, miraculous mm-hmm. signs and wonders. And that does happen. We I think we probably all have examples of that where we're like, yeah, that was a sign from God. But again, he gives us the ordinary means where we're not just waiting around passively for those signs to pop up, that he's given us the tools to do that. Um, and, and and one of the things, John, I wanted to touch base with you about, which I, I loved, and I don't know that I've I don't know that I've heard this in a message before. Is is how you tied it into the and you use the term. Um, it, it was uh, find wisdom through gathering data. Man, I was just like that's speaking my language, right? Because there was this idea that um, it's not just it. You know, it is read the scripture. It is pray and ask God for wisdom. But then God has also given us additional resources, even even outside the church and outside the Bible, uh, to, to gain wisdom. We do gain wisdom. I don't want people to misunderstand the Bible and prayer, <laughs> yes. but God has... That is a source of data also. Not the, yeah. but, it, but it's not the only source that God's given yeah. us. So I wonder if you talk about that point yeah. a little bit in your, in your well, message the, as well. Well, the, the things you leave out, you know, the, the, the stories of the people who have, who have prayed about it, asked God for wisdom, and read the scriptures about it, and they just made a decision. I said, did you explore the like three different possibilities of where you could have gone with it? Did you actually go down that path and say, what if I did this? Did you play that movie? Like uh, one author puts it, did you play that movie forward? Yeah. 
Did you think through what would happen with that and just kind of look at that for a little while and then go over here and look at the next one for a little while, then mm-hmm. look at the next one for a little while? And I've just seen lots of people, I'm sure you have as well, and I, I've done it myself where I just made the decision and didn't really go out and explore the possibilities. Yeah. And and it, it ended up being a dumb decision, like buying a $1,000 membership <laughs> for, for $40 worth of cheap steaks. I love that. I, um, I love just, that. You know, it was just a, it was a perfect example of that. But I just, just I, I see that happening a lot. And I just, you know, I think God has given us, shown us through various stories of people who do uh, quite the opposite yeah. by the way it ties into your i loved how you opened and I echo what zach was saying uh, josh that you opened by talking about the difference between knowledge and wisdom i thought that was great because the idea that knowledge is a is a is a as a bunch of facts that are out there and so in some sense that that call to go gain data gather data is fact is a fact finding mm-hmm. m- mission but it's in service of the next part, which is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, you didn't say it this way. I sort of heard it this way. Wisdom is is applied knowledge. Yeah, yeah. it's taking that knowledge and sorting it into mm-hmm. a system that is that is that fits the view of the world that God has given us and the decisions for our life that God has given us and, and does something with it. It's yeah. applied knowledge. What it reminded me to, um, I had a seminary professor, uh, John Frame, and uh, he he he. And I might be overstating this a little bit, but he he was a little frustrated with the term practical theology um, because he said theology is not theology if it's not practiced. If it's not practical, if you're not going out and using it, you're not if you're not living into it, it it's not really theology. So you, you, there should not be a differentiation between practical theology and theology. And that reminded me of the con- the idea of of knowledge and wisdom, right? And this yeah. this knowledge is important. You know, knowledge is is valuable, and and when you read the proverbs, it talks about, uh, you know, the the importance of of knowledge, but it only goes um, it only goes as far as you're able to, you know, apply that to your daily life. It's like someone who knows two plus two equals four, but they don't know that two dollars and two dollars equals four dollars, and and you know how to make change. That's that it it it's like you can't apply that too. So well, yeah, and it's you know and. Kind of New Testament, Paul gets at it's it's uh, the heart of the law as opposed you know yeah opposed to the um, what am I uh, what's the other version of it uh, <laughs> the spirit of spirit of the law spirit of the law versus the um, spirit letter of the law letter yeah, of the yeah. law thank yeah. you thank yeah. you um, that I think we can approach most of God's wisdom from the letter of the law, which is where the Pharisees went yeah. wrong. It's like, they, you know, I, I don't know about you. If, if, if you have, um, I am not a uh, a rule um, person that has to like just abide by all the rules. I'm a little yeah. bit of a rule breaker. I'm a little bit of a rebel there. But uh, my wife is a total rule, yeah. you know, aficionado. And it's frustrating, I think, for some of those people to read about the Pharisees because they are like technically, yeah, they're trying to abide by a system they were uh, given, yeah, right? Yeah, yes, and so, I think John's more of a rule follower. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I am. I, I, I so, would agree with that, yeah. and, uh, and and I've I've actually defended to some degree the Pharisees yeah. by saying that if you back the car up far enough and look at the origins of the Pharisaic movement everything about the origins of the Pharisaic movement was spot on the the, the destruction and judgment that came to to uh, to 
to Judah oh, scary. came yeah. because of their failure to adhere to the law, their failure to, to do the things that the law of God had, had obeyed. So yeah. somebody just sort of scratched their head and said, maybe if we follow the law, maybe the death and destruction that has come upon us will no longer will not come upon us. So there's good impulse in that, and God certainly desires that the, that the spirit of the law be be caught, you know, beyond behind the letter of the law, because that just says the heart is is after the things that God is, is after. The problem was that that sort of internal structure of, of of way of thinking about things became external, and it became hardened on the outside of them, Rigid, like, yeah. like and, lobsters. And then and then they did the thing which is really bad, and they began to add laws that they thought were superior to the laws of God, and yeah, fence the law, yeah. and that it just, it that's where the idolatry the same, comes so in, right? Crusty that Jesus yeah. came in to break through yeah. that. So, which you actually mentioned the antithesis portion of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew uh, Matthew 7. You've heard it said, but I say to you, which is a direct affront to this this spirit of the law, letter of the law, and, and the fencing of the law, things that are not even in the law that they right. added, right? Um, because, again, the wisdom is, it, it, this is where I think, you know, Josh, when you were talking about, well, at least where my head went, I don't know if you said it exactly like this, where we talk about the, the transformational reading of Scripture versus the informational reading of Scripture. Where my head went is when we begin to to make the 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 wisdom the the of the law we uh you know codified it down to you know the we make it cold right it yeah. becomes this cold application and... of do's and don'ts rather than understanding you know it's it, it reminds me so much of how Jesus pushes back against the sabbath because the Sabbath, you know, the Sabbath was not made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Why? Because God understands. He understands how we're built. He understands how we operate. He understands our physiology better than any person has ever understood it because he designed it. He understands what we need. And so that principle of Sabbath is for our benefit, not our good. And then it became this millstone around the necks of the Pharisees, and they tried to put it on the other people. They missed. They tried to make it cold rather yeah. than warm and, and the heart of, well, of God. And, you know, we have the benefit of, of being after Christ, so we do have a lot of advantages, yeah. a lot of advantages that they H- didn't have. Hindsight. Yeah. Uh, and also written yeah. <laughs> written letters and so forth uh, kind of on these things. But um, I guess the word that comes to my mind that I didn't use in the sermon, but is the idea of imprinting. Yeah. Um, wisdom is more about imprinting the heart of God and the eyes of God onto me much mm-hmm. like a, a a a child with their parent yeah is i i can't give you every literal scenario that you're going to possibly come up to but if i imprint my heart on you in my desire and i really feel that that's what proverbs is is if i could really give you the heart of who who i am and how i want you to operate in this very complicated work like just our voting system alone here in america mm-hmm. right how do you navigate that how do you you know either you're like most people you fit things into rigid boxes and then mm-hmm. find yourself frustrated and find the system to not work or it's a little bit more nuanced and you gotta yeah. you know and so i think i think wisdom is this idea of how do i and that's why i leaned more into the good father and me a child part mm-hmm. was if i spend time with my heavenly father i will become like him yeah and the way that you and i do that 
on this side of eternity is through scripture and through praying. And, yeah. and I would even argue the community of God around me. Yeah, um, which is what you brought up, John. You brought up the council piece as well, too, which I which is is obviously an important piece. And and it becomes. And John, you I think you listed off all the places in, or not all the places, but many of the places in Proverbs where it talks about the importance of community. wise many counsel. Advisors, many yeah. advisors, yeah, yeah, many advisors, yeah. I'm curious, Josh, because um, I've heard you speak enough now that um, I, I hear a, a refrain of your of your speaking of your of your preaching as well. There's something about you, what you just were describing, that I think is at the heart of what you try to do anytime you communicate the gospel, communicate on any passage. Um, I've heard you say it in, in, in men's groups. I've heard you say it in, in, the, in youth groups and other in, in staff meetings and all. You you want that the people who are hearing this message would have some some experience with God. Yeah. That there's that I'll just say that's as broad as I can say it so that I can ask the question, can you describe what your what what that is that you that you hope for with the other people? Yeah. You know, one of the beautiful things I think about Job is Job gets to talk to the father at the end, right? And it's a person on the other end. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not just rules, do's, and don'ts in a system. It, it is a person who uh, we've been created in the likeness of. And so f- this is what I meant by on the other side of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. And so we do have an advantage and a connection in a way that Old Testament maybe had a variation of. And I don't know, it doesn't, our Old Testament, um, a lot of the writings doesn't give you an indication other than maybe Job or something like that of, of the of the personalness. Um, besides Adam and Eve, and but then when you look at Jesus and the way He always speaks of the Father and spends time with the Father, is um, this is someone who He loves, He wants to honor, He wants to obey. But it's beyond just obeying; He wants to be with, and so then He spends His time with them, morning, days, afternoons, and it, and so as He's spending time with a person, God. You can. It's in his tone. It's in his delivery. It's in the. It's in his heart. So so suddenly the spirit of the law becomes a living, breathing, um, imprint from a living, breathing being, rather than just these cold, distant principles. And that's mm. big for me because because I, I now I'm not hard leaning on you know in the sense of like I'm a Pentecostal where everything's experiential, but I, but I will argue this: if you're not experiencing God or the Holy Spirit in some way. I don't know what that says. I, not every single day. I don't. You know, it's not like I hear. I wish I could hear angelic voices all the time. But uh, which you would either mean I'm schizophrenic or yeah, I've yeah, got I was some sudden say, connection. Man, we have to talk after. <laughs> but uh, but that is important to me. And I I know it's because I spend a lot of time with young people who are looking for an experience beyond themselves. That that is. Um, the affinity and the draw, I think, to young people. Uh, Jesus Revolution. I don't know if you all saw. I actually mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. But, but what Heard made about it. that particular revolution so revolutionary was there. There was an experience with a living God, mm-hmm. as opposed to what I was taught in church. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I think um, I've had that experience, uh, and, and prayerfully will continue to have that that experience with God. And. It changes everything. I don't know. It just changes everything, and well, so it's like I get excited about that. And I know? think I think too one of the bridges between what you're you know what you're talking about, Josh, and what you know one of the things that John the, I felt like the theme of your message too is that we there are experiences of God that are 
for lack of a better term, more charismatic and more emotive. But then there are experiences of God which are a lot more just volitional, right? And a lot more just almost mundane, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I try to, like, when I counsel people and I counsel couples, like, so I, w- I want God to just direct my path. And, and, and I've talked, you know, there have been addicts before, and I said, well, when you're face down with a temptation and you go to God in prayer and somehow you're able to walk out of that temptation without succumbing, you've had an experience of God. You may not have felt it. You may have felt worse. You may still be, you know, but there's, there's that volitional, you know, uh, action and and John, you brought up some very practical kind of like decisions that people might be facing with jobs and 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 whatever. It, no matter what the outcome is on the other side, if they have done if they have done the wrestling with with the scriptures and in prayer and in counsel and doing the research, and they've made a decision based on that feeling some sense of confidence in their decision they've had that experience of god we just i think sometimes we we flatten the experience of god to the emotive and and that's where yeah. the Pentecost and i don't want to down the pentecostals but sometimes we they just, say well, it's only the emotive and only the charismatic that's the experience yeah, right. of god and it's like, that is a type but that's not the only type that we even see in scripture yeah. right that, that's hard well you're exactly right that's hard to preach though it's hard to that's preach so very hard to, hard preach. to preach and yeah. that's that's where my creativity i think sometimes maybe falls short is i wonder if my hearers especially our younger ones tend to think i'm thinking of just a miraculous term yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. no 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 like I, I, I also want to be like shake up a little bit be like guys I don't think you're getting it I can literally sometimes brush my teeth and be thinking about how bizarre teeth are that we're brushing bone you know like mm-hmm. kind of go off the, that, yeah. that whole line of thinking going wow God and his imagine and then I'm having a conversation with God about teeth but in order to get there you kind of have to have a relationship so I, yeah. I, I think to your point Zach some of the more mundane uh, it, I am never, if I bump into um, somebody I really like at work, I'm never going to bring up brushing my teeth with them because it's kind of a boring subject, right? I'm going to I'm gonna think of the most cool or fun or even hard thing that's happened to me. But when I have a wife, we bring up the mundane with each other because we're so intimate that those little details matter. There you go. That's where yeah. I want my hearers to be with their yeah. Heavenly Father. Is And you just brought it up to yeah. us and everybody that listens to the podcast. Right. So. <laughs> And now we're all going to talk about brushing teeth together. Yeah, yes, yes, but you're right, that. though. I, I think I think you're right. I think it's it's when you are just in constant. There is this constant state of being, you know, and, and this is where the gratitude piece comes in. This is where the this is where the the, the recognition piece comes in, um, which which you know all all can be played into this as well too. But this is where. Um, all of those things come in when we begin to say, "What does it mean to have this experience of God as it relates to the to the wisdom of God and, and our training in, in, in discipleship and righteousness?" It, it feels a lot like the lived. It's, it's really the lived experience of faith. You know, we always think about, and I, I've taken youth groups on mission trips, and we literally had have had mountaintop experiences. We were on top of a well, Tennessee, <laughs> not that big mountain, but there still, I mean, mountains. And we had these just kids are confessing things, all kinds of things, and just committing to change their lives in all kinds of ways. And then you come back and you live your life. Yeah. You know, two weeks later, so three weeks later, that's all kind of dissipated mm-hmm. and gone. But this lived experience with God is that in those mundane, ordinary ways, that's, I guess that's what I was kind of getting at, was that if, if you are trying to make a decision about an internal move or a literal move or a marriage decision, a family decision, and you 
go through this and you feel like you've got moved in that direction, it's a pretty ordinary thing. Yeah. Ordinary life is filled with these kind of ordinary yeah. decisions, but if we feel like we've made the decision that is of God, then that's an extraordinary thing Absolutely. that has happened in the ordinary daily life, and mm-hmm. and so the, it's the it's the lived faith that uh, that that is. I think it is hard to preach. Yeah, because yeah. it's easy to preach mountaintop experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's easy to preach. I think sometimes people walk away going, "Well, I'm I'm a loser. I know I don't have those very often, right?" Yeah. But if you can kind of, yeah. I think if you can remind people that God is the God of the ordinary, and He's there too. <laughs> he's not just on the mountaintop. He is on the mountaintop, but He's not just. He is there brushing your teeth. If you can convince them, not convince them, but remind them that He's there, and and. And, and get and, and get people attuned to that. I think that's yeah. part of the preaching ministry is to attune people to the spiritual in the ordinary. Then, 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 then their their own uh, relationship with the Lord deepens because they're yeah. like, wait a minute, it is just like. It is there is something of like a a, a spouse the, relationship, in the yeah. In because the moments. they see me and you know my my spouse sees me in my socks and my 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 boxer shorts and 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 God's right there too. That's weird, but <laughs> but there but but there's also this this like this sense of oh my gosh the God and I've said this in sermons too the God that creates the cosmos and puts the rings around the planet Saturn is showing up in your living room that he would and he wants to be there and he's he's glad to be there and he delights to be there. Um, that ought to get us excited about living into the wisdom of God, and and then letting that like your I like that word. And I'm going to steal it just so you know. Um, I'm going to imprint on us so that when we go out into the moments of life, we're able to make decisions that that are are good and godly. Josh, I want to honor what you what you said, and just recognize that I know that there's this theme that you are desiring to, to have, and we don't get you here in this room, you know, all the time. So while we got you in this room, I want to see it, acknowledge it, and glad to hear you unpack it a little bit. Also, but but also to honor it. I think it's important for me to hear that mm-hmm. um, the delight of my father. It, that, that I that I would live in the delight of my father in the ordinary uh, ways of life, certainly in the mountaintop experiences, yeah. but in the in the brushing of the teeth type moments as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I would find that, and I'm I'm glad that that is a sort of a core core sermon for you. Yeah, and yeah. it comes out in Thank multiple you. ways for you. Yeah. Thank you. Last thing, I just want to uh, we like to wrap up. Anything that you left out this week that you would have said, hey, given another twenty five minutes or thirty <laughs> minutes, I would have unpacked this or I would have said might, this differently. preaching. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't do that in classic. Yeah. John was there. Were, were there Pro- probably, but I have to say that with a baptism and the Lord's Supper on on uh, in, in one Sunday, I was I, I was Packed. I was feeling the pressure to just okay, wrap it up. Yeah. You know? So I, th- I'm sure there were other other parts of it that I would would love to have spent time with. Yeah, there's probably, a ton, ton, of, ton of stuff in here. More set up on the Book of Proverbs itself. I, yeah. That that part, especially on an opening sermon, I would like to have done. Ordinarily, I would have spent a little more time on just setting up on the on the genre and the and the, the differences between the, the mm-hmm. different types of wisdom literature. But yeah, um, that yeah, was that's the, great. I mean, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about having a series, right? Is you can kind of unpack. Some of these yeah. these things um, over time, as a guy as a guest speaker within a series, that's the harder part for me though yeah. is yeah. going. Well, I'm not going to be here the next year, I'm, so, I'm one and done. So yeah. hopefully, I can pass the baton off in a way that, yeah. that that sets the you know the rest up for that. But um, the beautiful thing of preaching is you can always do another 
got another Wisdom sermon series on the line, right? Yeah, this so. is and this is this is an example this week, uh, Proverbs two of where you have to pick and choose what you're going to preach on out of the chapter because there is a, it's it's a continuous it's you know what twenty verses of doublets right or twenty two verses of doublets and um, you know I noticed no, none of you guys talked about the adulterous woman this week. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's coming I, up this I was, week. I was waiting. No, we're, we're saving it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not actually talking about the adulterous woman this week, but um, but it's. Uh, you know, this is one of those where it is important to do to to, to follow the encouragement that we're saying. Hey, read read a chapter a day. Uh, it doesn't take long. You guys are doing it. I'm sure yeah. it takes what I mean. Even the longest one so far, it's taken seven minutes, if that. You know, I mean, uh, you can read it a couple of times. You could do you know, and if there's a proverb that's especially weird, you know, read it three times. Read it at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's going to be it's it's a fun series. I'm I'm back in the saddle this week in Vine. John is in Classic yep. uh, this week. Uh, Vine is going to be a little different this week. We're starting a, a new, well, not new. It's for the month of, the rest of the month of July. We're going to be worshiping in the round. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my ministry, I'm going to be preaching in the round. Have you ever done that, John? Preached in no. the round? No. no. Uh, this is going to be like an octagon match sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's <laughs> why we didn't ask they're you be, to They're going to be ropes up around, yeah, and you're going right. to have to tag out. Uh, for, so be ready, Josh. You're going to be tagging out. No, I just was in there looking at the setup. It looks really cool. Um, I, it, I tried it, to get I, them to set it up. For, I tried to figure that out for this past Sunday, but... With with communion, communion and the baptism, yeah, that was too much. That was too much. So. Too much, yeah. It, but it's going to be cool. Um, we're looking forward to that. Uh, classics going to be great as always. So we're me, excited about that. on a practical note, though. Yeah. So part of the time, people are going to be staring at your backside, and part of the time, they'll be staring at your side. No, most of the time. No. So the way, so because <laughs> we do have some limitations, it's not really around. It's more like a uh, 180 degrees. Like it's. Yeah. Uh, so they're not going to ever stare. Thank God at my backside. Um, I don't think, uh, but they, but they, they will stare at my side a little bit more than t- is typical. So uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. So John's in classic. I'm in Vine, uh, and then you know it is, it is the summertime. So the schedule gets a little bit. Uh, it, yeah. I don't say less regular. We're going to have a, a few more guest preachers in the armchairs over the next several weeks. But they'll uh, all be our they'll be our preaching team. They're all be all the people from from our team. Uh, so we'll have uh, Ed Diaz in a few weeks, and we'll have Brian Morgan in a couple weeks, and because uh, John's going to be out of town. Josh, you're you're back in some oh, in August. In August. Yeah. So uh, just summertime. Uh, but that's you know we, we, that's one of the reasons that the Book of Proverbs works so well because uh, you can you know pull out a chapter. And do it. So this week is chapter nine because mm-hmm. we are going according to the days. Day of the month. That's right. Yeah. So chapter nine on the ninth. Chapter nine on the ninth. Chapter sixteen on the sixteenth. And you guys can add so you know the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've missed uh, any one of the uh, sermons in this series or any one of our series, head over to fpclakeland.org. Go to the worship page and you can watch complete services. And uh, if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, uh, we do encourage you to head to your favorite podcasting platform: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. You'll be glad that you did. Josh, thanks for hanging out with us for a little while. You're very welcome. John, thanks for being here. Good to have you back. And uh, yeah, glad to be back. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. See y'all.